Um, now, brother, I wanted to say, man, that worship was off the chain. That was good. Ah. This brought, brought a lot of my African feelings back to me. This year, I just want to give you a little bit of background about me. This uh, last year has been quite a, a difficult year for us, but, you know, God's taken us all through adjustments. Um, you know, when you thought you came to the kingdom to get saved, to go to heaven, you, you thought uh, that you were going to be packed in cotton wool and kept in a safe place. But, you know, I'm going to make a T-shirt, and I'm going to say that I survived the rapture. Because I survived the May 22nd thing. There's a June 21st thing supposed, but I think we'll survive that one too. Maybe we just weren't taken. Maybe everybody else was taken. We were left behind. I don't know. But, but this has been a, a traumatic year, but I do sense by the Spirit God has got some great things in store. I'm going next month for three weeks to Australia. I'm going to be ministering in uh, Melbourne and Sydney. I'm going to the uh, church called Epicenter. Plus, I'm going to be doing some meetings with some business people. Then in November... God has opened up a door for me to meet with uh, the Israeli Premier, Benjamin Netanyahu, who, yeah, strangely enough, I served with Benjamin Netanyahu's brother, Jonathan, on the raid to Entebbe in 1976, and he was killed in that mission. And I haven't seen and been with Benjamin since 1976, so I feel God's given us a reunion, as well as God's creating and opening up a prophetic voice to Israel to the Knesset and to the leadership, and that's really one of the purposes, reason I'm going. So remember to pray for us during that time, because I don't know if you're aware of it, but Israel is under tremendous deluge to give up country, to give up territory, and we know that God gave that territory to the Jews, and no matter what, um, if we touch that, we will inherit a curse. And I really feel that America's future and destiny is tied and linked to that, and if we don't do something quickly, uh, to change our government's concepts and thoughts about Israel, we are going to be in a little bit of trouble, I think. So that's the reason why I'm going on that mission in November. It's taken a long time to get it organized, but God is faithful. He's made a way. He's opened a door for me to go and do that. So I'm excited about reconnecting with an old warrior friend. I served in the Israeli military for two years in 1976. I'm originally from South Africa. My mother was a Jew. And so that entitled me then to enter the Israeli military. And that's the only reason why. So basically, I'm a Jew born anew. <laughs> and, and I'm here to talk to you. I make a rhyme every time. <laughs> yeah, I'm a poet and I don't know it. Hallelujah. Anyway, so besides that, my family have all gone down to the beach. They left today. And um, I'm going tomorrow. I'm taking care of my grandson while my daughter's in the hospital. And so um, I'm looking forward to going to get a week on the beach, chill out. I'm not a person who can normally chill, so I'm going to chill out. I want to share a message this morning, if I can, with the men. Um, you know, like my brother, they, I, I grew up in my father's house, but I didn't grow up in my father's house. My father put me out of the house at a very early age after I was born. He denied my paternity, and of course I ended up living with the servants in the servant quarters. So it felt like, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Oliver Twist. No? Uh, please, sir, may I have some more? That's how I lived my life. I lived uh, outside my father's house, and I used to stand on the cold bunker and look inside my father's house and watch my family celebrate, and my sisters have birthdays and all that sort of stuff, but I was never in, in, in the house with the family. So understanding the fact that when you're born, and you're born in a house where your father is, but you actually are 
fatherless, you are uh, orphan. And every one of us are born into sin in this world. And we're orphaned, we're separated from God. Most people that I get to minister, men, women, have an orphan spirit because we're born into sin. We're born separated from God. So this message I want to share with you today is for the men, but specifically it's for the woman. Because I want to show you that despite everything, God has an incredible plan. And even though I was born in such dire circumstances, and God is through His grace and mercy and through the leading of the Holy Spirit, brought me out of that thing and brought me into this place where I have the spirit of adoption, the spirit of Abba, and I can walk by the Spirit, and I can be led by the Father, and the Father can speak to me. And, and, and He speaks by His Holy Spirit in me and to me and through me, and He's with me forever. So, you know, all these things that look so horrible and bad are all actually there to school you and train you and educate you and pop you into the things of the Father. And I'm much more excited than I've ever been uh, about life because the truth is I know that there's a purpose and there's a destiny for me. I know why I was born. I know the reason why I was born. I'm not interested in the circumstances in which I was conceived or even the circumstances in which I was born because there came a day when I died to the things of the world and I was elevated and raised to the things of the Spirit. The Bible speaks about it as all things pass away. Behold, all things are new. So no matter what the purpose of the enemy was in the process to try and destroy my life, God's purposes are much greater. The word says, it's not entered your mind what God has prepared for the saints. So I'm going to pray today that the Holy Spirit would cause an entrance into your mind so he could speak to you concerning the things that he has created you for. So if you would do with me and go with me to the Bible, to the book of John, it's Genesis, Exodus, John. You've got a sense of humor. Hallelujah. We're going to do great together. Chapter 17. These things Jesus spoke, lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that the Son may glorify thee. I want to tell you this. Is that you have been created and birthed into this earth for one purpose and one purpose alone. And that is the same thing as Jesus, to glorify the Father. You know what? You may not believe it, but I'm going to tell you that that is your sole purpose, is to glorify the Lord. You're created in the image. You're created in the likeness. You look like your heavenly Father. You sound like Him. You've been created to glorify Him. Let's move on. Even as thou gavest Him authority of all mankind, that to all whom thou hast given Him, He may give eternal life. Number two, God has given you authority of all mankind. You see, God is authority. He's the intrinsic authority, but he gives you derivative authority. Your authority derives from your relationship with him. So God has now given you authority so that you can walk in the world. So one purpose only is so that you can create eternal life. You know how you impact people? By laying on of hands. By speaking, by communication, all the things the Father does, that's what you do. When you speak to a person, Jesus created by speaking. He did miracles by speaking. The Father created the earth by speaking a word. Let there be light. And there was. So you have all the same potential in you. You are here and you have been given authority to create eternal life. The great commission is make disciples of men. Am I right? 
So we have some of I'm just going through this prayer that Jesus prayed. And I want to show you something. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. How are people going to get to know there's a true God unless there's somebody walking around in the earth saying it? And that's your commission. It's you go around and you speak the things that you hear. You speak the things you know. You say the things that you hear the Father say. My sheep, hear my voice. There's a clear commission in this prayer. Jesus is affirming the position of the Father and the position in the Father. You and I have a position in Christ. You know, I went to a place one day and a guy said to me, but what authority do you do the things you do? And I thought, wow, that's the same question I asked Jesus. He said, who is your covering? I said, well, firstly, Christ is my covering. No, 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 no. Who's your covering? I said, look, I'm born out of sin into life through Jesus Christ. So Christ becomes my covering. Secondly, you're trying to ask me, who is my spiritual authority? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. You've been given spiritual authority by the Lord. You've been given spiritual authority through the Holy Spirit and through the church. Because you're baptized into the church by the Holy Spirit. This is the power base of God's message. This is where God operates and the platform that it operates from is here. These things we do today, we don't do this because we, we don't have anything to do. We do this because this is an equipping center. You are learning to worship because you're going to be a worshiper for eternity. I went to church one day and a guy standing in the back of the church with toilet paper in his ears. Now, I know me, I'm a troublemaker. No. I am. I walked up, what's the toilet paper for? He says, man, it's too loud. I said, dude, listen, seriously. You are going to have to get healed before you get to heaven because in heaven it's going to be loud. We're going to be throwing our crowns at his feet. You're going to have to watch out for shrapnel. (laughs) You're worried about sound now? You're going to have to get healed from this thing because the truth is there's going to come a day when we are going to be shouting and we're going to be glorifying God in a way. And this is going to be for eternity. Anyway, so, hallelujah. Verse 4, I glorified thee on earth, having accomplished the work which thou hast given me to do. You see, I want to tell you, you've been given a work to do. I don't care who you are, you've been given a work. You know, there was years ago that I, in South Africa, I had a pharmaceutical business. And my business was doing great and it was incredible. And I didn't know the Lord. And I by accident came into the back of a church one day. My wife and I had had an argument, and I decided that I'd rather walk out than to get into a squabble. And I walked down into town, and if any of you know South Africa, at that stage we had blue laws on Sundays. There was no shops or anything open. And I came to a movie theater, and everybody was at this movie theater. I was wow, this is awesome. That's what I need. I need a movie. I need a distraction. And I went into the movie theater. And I can't pass through the double citadel doors. And when I got into the thing, there was all these people doing this stuff. And dude, party, drink, that's what I need. I need, I need, a, I need a, strong, a strong booze right now. Because I was already an alcoholic. And man, they were all jamming and the guys were playing music. I thought, this is, I didn't know they had a disco going on here this time of the day. This is awesome. I'm looking for the bar. Deep calls to deep. <laughs> and the music stops, and the guy on the piano at the front says, You with the blue shirt. 
And I look behind me, there's a curtain, there's nothing. Now I've got a blue shirt on. And he calls me, he said, come here. And he starts singing the song of the Lord over me. I don't know what that was. I've never seen it before. I'd never, I've never been inside a church before. This was the first time. I didn't even know it was a church. I thought it was a party. See, God, God kiboshed me. Because, you know, if you don't know what it is, you're not going to run away. So I'm walking down the aisle and the guy's singing the song of the Lord. Your days of wildness are running around over for I, the Lord. Put a bit in your mouth and bridle it and I've restrained you. And when he said restrain, bam, I hit the floor. You want to tell me the word of God doesn't have power? When I lay on that floor, I think to myself, see, my military thing came back. I had a flashback. And I thought to myself, when I get off this floor, the guy who tripped me (laughs) and the guy on the piano, I'm going to kill him. And the longer I lay there, the heavier I got. Today I know that is the kabod, the glory of God's presence. In those days I didn't know what it was, but I lay there and I remember getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And you know what? Not one of those people at that party came to me and said to me, are you okay? Nobody came and asked me if I was doing good. They didn't come try and do CPR or any other stuff. They just left me. They must have known something. And I lay there, and I lay there, and I was fuming. I was mad. And then that night, they turned the lights off, and they left me on the floor, and they left the building. (laughs) And eventually, God let me up and let me out. I went back the next week, because I wanted to see what this was. I didn't know what this was. I didn't even know it was a church. And that day, when I walked in the next week, yeah... I was going to give them some love. When I walked in the next week, the pastor of the church called me and he prophesied over me. He said, God's called you to be a prophet to the nations. He's called you to sound the trumpet. He's equipping you and he's training you by the Spirit. He's not going to allow man to touch you and train you. He's going to train you. And he went on this whole prophetic word. And I thought to myself, I don't even know what this is. So he said to me, have you found Jesus? My stupid comment was, I didn't know he was lost. And I gave my life to the Lord that day. And when I finished, he called me up after and said, Now, even though I've prophesied and said this stuff to you, I want to tell you there's no place for you in my church. And I said, What do you mean? He said, Even though we speak this stuff, there's no platform for you here. You're not going to find favor and a platform here. So I said, Well, I'm, you said I've got this work to do that God's called me to. What do I do? He said, Well, you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit lead you. And so I said, Well, how does that happen? I didn't, I've never heard that before. I didn't understand what that meant. I want to stop here for a second and just tell you. When God created Adam and he put him in the garden, God created all things perfectly. Am I right? The first six days, everything was perfect. The seventh day, he rested. He created everything perfectly. The environment that he put Adam in was the garden between two rivers. One was called the Euphrates, one was called the Tigris. That was a naturally provided situation. Adam lived off the provisional land and he could drink water from those rivers with no problem. When sin came and God banished Adam out of the Garden of Eden, Adam had to take care of himself by the sweat of his brow. Am I right? Eve then had to give pain in childbirth and a serpent crawled on his belly eating dust to the earth. And that was the curse that came because of sin. Well, when Jesus Christ came, he took away the curse 
of sin and death and hell and the grave. And he took upon himself the curse that Adam took. Because do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying, what appeared on his forehead? Droplets of blood. The blood of Jesus redeems every single curse. And today we have men, fathers, men, running around trying to produce an income, trying to produce a living, and not recognizing the fact if you've been redeemed out of the curse of the law and you've been brought into the liberty of life in Christ Jesus, you now are sustained by the Father. You no longer are dependent on water that is provided from the well or from wherever. You are provided by everything that flows from the mouth of the Father. Am I right? But listen to this. I'll give you a scripture quickly. Some of you look at me and think, whoa, where did you get this from? Another book of John, John chapter 14. If I can just share this with you quickly. See, because you've been called to do a work. You've been given authority. But God has not left you in a place where you cannot do this work. He has provided someone to help you. In John chapter 14, verse 16, and this is Jesus. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that may be with you. Forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he does not behold him nor know him. But you know him because he abides with you and he is in you. Another scripture in the book of John says, And rivers of living water will flow from your innermost being. You see, no longer are we dependent on the Jacob's well and the wells of water that are provided. But we have now this river that flows from within called the spirit of God. Every single man and woman who has come to Christ has that river in them, has that provision. So you want to tell me, I don't really know how to do the work of God. When this man stood before me after he prophesied to me and told me that God had called me, but there was no place for me, I felt once again, I felt once again rejected. I felt once again that orphan spirit on me. I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough for what God called me for. See, I was still battling with the whole thought about being saved i haven't i hadn't even opened the bible and then when i started to do a journey through the word and i started to get to the book of corinthians and ephesians and i started to see the plan of god and this whole big environment that god has provided spiritually in the earth for mankind to accomplish his will i started to become excited i didn't need anybody then i would drive my car and god would speak to me about people i'd go into a doctor's practice and god would speak to me about the doctor. And I said, what do you want me to do? Tell him what I said to you. And I'd tell the guy what God said. And the man would fall down and start weeping. And say, you don't know what this means. I was thinking about this and talking to the father about this. And I just wanted to hear something. And yeah, you come and you speak these things to me. You see, God knows the heart of man. God the father is an ultimately perfect father. He's made such a pro- abundant provision for you to accomplish his will. See, the stuff I do, I don't do for myself. I don't do this because I want to feel good. I do this because it's my work. As I'm doing my father's work, that's what I've been called to. That's what you've been called to. You know, everything else that you do is a hobby. The job that you work on 9 to 5 is a hobby. Your whole purpose in life is to glorify the Father. You know, under Mosaic law, yeah, you can. Under Mosaic law, Moses said that you honor your mother and father. If not, that you will die. You know, I feel that a lot of people, because they've dishonored 
the heavenly father and they've dishonored the earthly father and the earthly mother, that they carry upon themselves the spirit of death. And they cannot sustain themselves. They're broken in poverty. They're broken in discord. They're broken in unbelief because they carry within them the spirit of death. You know, my father wasn't the best father in earth, but you know, I was the one who led him to the Lord a year before he died. You see, God knows. But you know, I went through some things to bring me to this realization to recognize that there's greater is he that is in me than he is that in the world. God has put something inside of me. And the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead resides, lives in me, lives in you. And let me tell you, there's nothing that the Holy Spirit cannot do through you, in you. I've, I wake up every morning. I wake up at about 4 or 5 o'clock every morning. I sleep a maximum of 4 hours a night. I wake up every day and I go down to my office and I spend time and I just make myself ready in the Lord. I just say, God, I don't know what you have for me. I don't, I'm not employed. I don't have a job. I don't have an income. Even though I have a ministry, I'm not employed. I go by everything that my Father provides for me to go by. I, I consult with businesses, and I only do that because God makes a way and opens a door. I meet with people. I meet with politicians. I meet with uh, sports stars. But God has told me, don't make a requirement for them to pay you. You will live by everything that I shall provide. And I say, okay. But I make my way ready every day to do my Father's work. I am in prayer. I pray every day. If by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning God has not said anything to me specifically, I just go about my business. I chill. I relax. Cook food. And then sometimes he'll speak and I'll go and do what he calls me. What am I saying here, folks? We in Western civilization have complicated life so much that we've made God obsolete. We've taken our Heavenly Father and we've made Him obsolete because we can provide our needs by our work. We can provide our needs by investments. We can provide our needs by all these different things. But it's a great thing to live in that realm where God touches you and provides your needs for you. And you know, the wonderful thing about it is, is He knows exactly what you need. You see, He said this, I shall provide your needs according to my riches in glory. So my wife and I, we take to the Father our daily needs. We do it on a daily basis because we only have faith for today. We don't have faith for tomorrow because tomorrow is not here. We live today. We live for now. Well, that's pretty short-sighted. <laughs> you can plan for five years ahead. I'm going to guarantee you something. Uh, you don't have the power to live there. You only have the power to live for now. Most people live in the past. A lot of people live in the future. Well, what about living in the now? What about living in the opportunity? Every time, you know, I, Starbucks has become one of my, it's actually become my church. <laughs> I, it's amazing what God can speak to you about people who are standing waiting for a cup of coffee. It's profoundly prophetic what God can say to you. There was a young girl working in Starbucks one day. And when I walked up to the, t the counter to, do, to get my cup of tea, I don't drink coffee. It's the Holy Spirit. This maybe led me that way. <laughs> and uh, as I led this young girl, the Spirit of God showed me that she has an unrighteous lifestyle as far as her sexuality is concerned. But, you know, it's not for me to judge because, you know, until you work in that person's shoes, you, you cannot judge them. It's very easy to look at a person and say, oh, well, they're unacceptable. But you don't know what that person's been through. You know? And you don't know what they've gone through and how they've experienced life. So what you've got to do is you've got to be mercy and grace to them. 
And I stood there and I got a cup of tea from her and I looked at her and I said, you know, you are so creative. God has given you such a gift of creativity. I said, but people have judged you for it and you've judged yourself for it. And you've said things to yourself and you've even disrespected your own father. And I want to encourage you to go back home because your father's about to die and you need to correct things with him. Now look, how do you say that in Starbucks? There's no worship music. There's no offering. (laughs) You just say it. You make sure it's the Holy Spirit though. I mean, she broke down and she wept and she came out. She came out from there and she said, how do you know my father's dying of cancer? I said, I don't. I said, but you have one week. You need to go home and you need to, well, my father doesn't receive me. He doesn't receive you because of your lifestyle. But if you go to him and you say to him, dad, please forgive me for I dishonored you. Please love me. And, and I'm telling you what, she came back the next way and she was a different person. You see, the word of the Lord brings healing, brings correction, brings love, it brings discipline. All these things I spoke to you about. You know, you're there to glorify the Father. We're not here to judge the sinners. We're not here to malign them. We're here to show them by our conduct and activity the Father. Jesus came and demonstrated to the Father. He said this, I do not do the things I do, but I do the things I see my Father do. The only way you're going to know what the Father's doing is if you spend time with the Father. Why do I take so much time in my day to spend with the Father? Because when I was a little boy, I never got to sit in my Father's lap. I never got to spend time with my Father. I never got the opportunity to show my Father what I could do. I never had those opportunities. So I'm going back to my second childhood. And I'm spending time with my Heavenly Father now. And I'm learning from Him. And He's learning about me. What is in me and how this stuff works in me. And the relationship that God the Father is bringing on me is the one that I've always wanted to have with my earthly father. And now I can father my children out of what I'm experiencing from God. Where When my daughters make a mistake, I can love them rather than chastise them. Where I can get the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and teach them how to operate in that stuff. Because everybody has, who has the Holy Spirit has the ability to step into the Corinthian giftings. Corinthians 12, one Holy Spirit, yet many different giftings. I call them God knows, the doomless power of God giftings. You can step into those just as a normal person. God has made such a fantastic environment for us. He's given us His Holy Spirit. Rivers of water can flow from your innermost being. I meet with a businessman. I met with a, a, a guy last month who's digging a whole bunch of wells, oil wells on his property. And every single one of them came up dry. He called me and said, uh, I don't know what to do. I've spent millions and I've come up with four or five dry wells. And I know nothing about oil. Or as you call it, oil. <laughs> so I went down, I sat there and I said, put all the AFEs on the desk. Those are all the documentation concerning the wells. Put them on the desk, cover them with a sheet. We're going to have communion over these wells. Now you've got to understand for an oil engineer and for an accountant to look at that and say you're going to have communion over some documents just doesn't make sense. But I really don't care. And we had communion. And I said, we're going to present these wells to the Father. Because the Father knows where the oil is. (laughs) And guess what? We did. We brought them all there. 
We broke the power of spoken word over those wells that were spoken by the guys who were drilling them. Because, you know, the power of words, there's life and death. And sometimes you get people working on a rig, working with you that has a bad attitude that continually speaks junk. And those words are then taken by the demonic and they are tried to use to establish something against you. And we took authority over those things. And firstly, I said to the brother, you need to repent of pride. He said, why? I said, because you've sat with people and told them how wonderful and how much money you're going to make and how much you're going to do. And that's pride. You need to understand every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And why God's given you this gift of this ability to have these oil wells is not so you can put it in your back pocket so that you can have that gift available so that you can bless and you can pour out on people that need that provision. You've already made plans in your mind concerning properties and cars and jets and these things and that's pride. It's very difficult to talk to a guy like that. And he, he repented. He said, God forgive me. We finished, we had communion. I took the bread and I sprinkled it on the table. We had communion right there and we asked the Father to come join us. And the Holy Spirit ministered to the accountant as well who was sitting there with him. Actually got him saved. And it wasn't about oil. It was about the presence of God right now. And you know the wonderful thing is? By the time we finished, he had his first well had broken through. Now, I know if I share these stories with you, look at me like I'm a goofball. But you understand that we are spiritual beings first. We, are, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Am I right? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places above powers and principles. Is that right? Is that scripture? So we are two-dimensional people. We are in heaven and we are on earth. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> yeah, we are. Your heavenly body is just waiting for your earthly body to get its job done here so you can join it. But everything that you learn in heaven, you can bring to earth with you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How are you going to know what's going on in heaven unless you spend time in heaven? I'm getting too rich now. I need to calm down. But what I'm trying to say is, Father has made it all possible. He's given you the authority. He's given you a commission. He's called you by His Holy Spirit. He's equipped you. He's empowered you with living water inside of you. When you start giving that water away is when you start getting more water. Now, if I can, if you don't mind, when I came in this morning, God gave me a name of a lady, Debbie. And this lady has a healing anointing. I don't know where she is. Is there a lady here named Debbie? Just, could I, is this okay for me to do? Okay, there's a specific lady. You can come, that's fine. There's a lady who does healing, has a healing gift. <clears throat> what do you do? I wait on the Lord. Can I just ask you, Vet, to just come lay your hands on her for me? This should be natural in a church, by the way. This shouldn't be something that's supernatural. This is... Yeah? Okay, just put your hand on her. Okay, God wants to break the power of fear. And poverty in Jesus' name. I also want to release it off you right now. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you for healing and put a healing on your life and an anointing in your life. Not only that, God wants to restore that that has been stolen and robbed in relationship. Spirit of division came against you, and I just break the power of that thing right now. Try to destroy you and your family, and I just release that generational iniquity off you right now. 
And I thank you, Lord, for the anointing. It's the anointing that devastates and breaks the yoke of bondage. And I thank you, Lord, that by, by your stripes, this woman is healed. And today, Father, I release the anointing on her, Father, to touch her. And Father, even to touch her children. There's been so much discord that's going on with the children. So many iniquities that have come across this family. And I just release them from it in Jesus' name. And I empower her today by the Holy Spirit to have an overcoming anointing. Father, I pray that you make her drunk and give her the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Just really sense God wants to restore, first of all, your heart. Your heart condition. And you're going to start seeing God working through your family, going back to your children, and then going back this way to the previous generation. And to redeem and restore and break the power that cursed that generation that came into your family. <laughs> so I just release that on you in Jesus' name, okay? Okay, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Could I just ask the fathers to stand? Okay. I just want to release on you the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, the enemy does so much to, to damage and to destroy the image of the fathers. And I just pray today that God will anoint you right now. Father, I just want you to lay a hand in your heart. I just take today, Father, and I thank you that the assignments against every single man's life here today is removed. I thank you, Lord, that you're raising these fathers up in authority and power. You've given them the anointing of grace and the spirit of overcoming. Lord, I pray today that there will be prophetic insight that will be released. Lord, that you release a dynamic of the Father's heart to these men. Today, Lord, you touch them. You empower them. Give them wisdom. Give them knowledge. Father, I pray that every single religious tradition is removed and broken off. And Father, that you raise them up in a spirit of truth. You give them wisdom, understanding, revelation, knowledge. And Father, I thank you. That we can take authority of the power of the spirit of anger that works against men and stops them from entering into your peace and your joy in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, today that every single man will be touched and every single man will be healed. And Father, I thank you that they would come into their right minds, which is the mind of Christ, that they would start getting to know their purpose. They would start walking in their authority. Lord, that you put the anointing on these men to pray, that you'd give them gifts, that you'd give them signs and wonders and miracles. I release that on these men in Jesus' name. Amen. My brother, Sheikh, can I pray for you, please? Would you mind coming here? The Spirit of God spoke to me about you. You know, I know the one song you played there was the Israel song, Israel Houghton. And I know that in the way that you look up to him as a worshiper, but I want to tell you, there's more in you. There's more in you that he wants to bring to the surface. There's a songwriting capacity in you. There's an anointing to write songs. You've always looked at other people and said, they're good enough, but I'm not good enough. But I want to tell you today, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God created you as an instrument, a minstrel in his hand. And God has given you such an incredible heart. Alan, could you come stand with me? And Father, I just thank you today that this anointing for psalmody comes out of my brother, Lord, that he would start prophesying on the strings and the instruments. That you brought him to this place, Lord, to find a home. And, Father, that you also brought him to this place to become a father. And, Father, that he would mend to those who are brokenhearted and wounded. And he would raise up worshippers in this house. And I thank you, Lord, that you named him Shake. Because, Lord, that's what he's going to do. He's going to shake everything that stands in his way. And the only things that will remain, Father, will be those things that are the kingdom. Because the kingdom cannot be shaken. And I thank you, Father, for this man's grace. I thank you that you caused this man to be a lover. And Lord, this man's a lover of the rejected and a lover of the lost and a lover of the wounded. 
Lord, you're going to give him such a heart with multicultural people, Lord. Lord, you're going to open up the doors for him to travel and go to Africa and to see, Father, what's going on there in that nation, Lord. Father, in, the, in, that, in that culture, you're going to impart to him a great, great anointing of the prophetic. In Jesus' name, I just release that on him and his children and on Father and his family in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray today that you break the power of the spirit of poverty and you release a financial miracle on him in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. And I thank you, Lord, that you bless him today in Jesus' name. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being faithful with little. God's going to make you faithful with much. Thank you. Are we good on time? We've got a couple of minutes still. Can I... Can I speak to one or two more people? Is that okay? I've got to get permission first. A lady back there with the purple on or the top of the flower. Yeah. Would you stand? You're dealing with a broken heart. Okay. And the broken heart that you're dealing with is this, is that you look at your life and you look at your life as being a mistake. And you look at things in your life, you wonder to yourself, will you ever recover? Uh, you're dealing with disappointment. And today, can I just get you to come forward and get one of the ladies to just lay hands on her? I want her to lay hands on you if you don't mind. Is that okay for me to do, to pray for you? Yes. Okay, we're in a safe place. Are you a husband? Yes. Okay. Father, I just release the anointing right now. Father, mostly I'm just coming against your mind because the enemy has lied to your mind. And uh, I just break the power of low self-esteem, low self-image. I take authority of the spirit of suicide that has come against you in Jesus' name. And I just release you today from a broken heart. Father, I thank you that you are the healer of a heart, Lord, and that you strengthen a heart today, Lord. And that you give a, a, a reviving spirit to come upon her right now and to bring her, Father, to the place, Father, where you break the power of disappointment. Lord, I thank you today. Generational iniquities are removed from her too. And Father, that you release her from the curse in Jesus' name. I thank you right now. I just remove and break the power of the spirit of insanity that comes from the generational bloodline in Jesus' name. And I thank you. Just look at me quickly for a minute. Are you okay? What I'm saying to you, don't, don't make it offend you, okay? But you've been dealing with things that are not to do with you. They're to do with history. They're to do with the past. They're to do with the sins of the fathers. Do you know, have you heard about that before? The sins of the fathers carry on by four generations. And what you're dealing with, the environment of stuff around you that's caused you to uh, kind of hit a wall in your life has been not really necessarily things you're doing, but things that have been done that you're paying the price for. Do you understand that? And the Spirit of the Lord wants to release you from it. And uh, remember I mentioned earlier about suicide. Now, I'm not saying that you're thinking that, but I'm telling you the enemy's desire is for that. And I'm going to break the power of that thing. Because you are not going to reduce and shorten the days of your life. There are people that need your life. And I want to tell you that God's getting ready to set you free from addictions. God's getting ready to break the power of low self-esteem, low self-image of you. And today I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for a husband, Lord, that you would give him strength, Father, to be the man. To stand before, Father, that the authority in this household will turn. And God, that the government of God will be upon him. And Father, you've made the woman the weaker vessel. But today, Lord, he will be a nurturer to this woman. Mm-hmm. And Lord, he would give her the environment for her to restore and to be healed in, Lord. And for their children, Father, to be touched and healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
You see, one of the things that I believe God the Father does not give up on anyone's life. I don't care how bad. If I go back into my life, I, should, I do not qualify to do what I'm doing. But because of the blood of Christ and because of forgiveness and because of redemption, God has brought me to this place where I can stand and be a voice for Him in this area because I am not qualified in the natural to do this. But you know what? God has qualified me because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. See, I'm not good enough, but God, through His goodness and His mercy, God has given me His righteousness. My own righteousness is a stinking rags, but because I'm in Christ, I carry the righteousness of Christ in me. The enemy can't come condemn me anymore because old things have passed away. These things that I'm operating are all new. These are Christ things. I've been brought into this. I've been brought into this whole thing. I've been grafted into God's plan. I've been taken out of my plan and put into God's plan. So greater things are there for me than would have been in the natural. So I want to encourage you people. I want to encourage you, mothers and fathers, everybody. I mean, sit down and ask God to show you His purpose for your life. And I'll take time. Just relax. It might take Him a month or six months. It might even take a year to do. But the day you get it, you get it. I'm telling you, the day I got the plan, I thought, thought, duh, I should have known. You know why? Because I've gone through hell. Why would I go through all the hell in my life I went through? Because the enemy's desire was to kill me because he didn't want me to recognize what Father had for me. So he wanted to stop me and cut me off with the pass. But God's mercy made a way of escape like he makes for you so that I don't have to live under this stuff. Because most of my life, the first 20, 30 years of my life, my mission was to kill people. That's what I was trained to do in the military. (laughs) Sick, isn't it? So I used to be a life taker. So God gave me a word one day. He said, I have now made you a life giver. So now I give life. It's not my life. It's His. And I give it to you in Jesus' name. So Father, I thank you today. That you would just cover every single person you'd seal in their blood. That there would be no retaliation, no contradiction, no backlash, no stealing the word. And I thank you, Lord, that destinies will be set straight today. Destinies would be set in accord with your will. Power would come to these people to empower them, to give them authority, to do the work of the gospel. Thank you that you are such a wonderful father. Thank you that you are such a wonderful Abba. Thank you that you preserve us to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Can we stand, please? We've all been destined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Who would agree with that? And Jesus walked in the Father's plan, so that's part of his plan for us, is to walk in the Father's plan, to bring healing and help and hope. And healing doesn't come when we point out people's problems. Healing comes when we point to the solution. Amen? I I, uh, was ministered to by a guy one time in reference to a, a problem, or I was ministering with someone in reference to a problem. 
And this begot, this guy began to pray the problem rather than the solution. By the time he got done, he had painted such a, such a picture of demons and snakes and, and suffocation and choking and, and defeat and all these things he was rebuking. It's like, man, I, I would have felt worse after being prayed for than I did before. We come to bring solutions, bring life. The, the remedy to fear is love. Perfect love casts out what? Fear, all fear. Amen. And so may the Lord bless you and anoint you and keep you in all of his ways. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you be empowered by his spirit to go and bring life and solutions everywhere you go. And may you be persistent and not faint in well-doing. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Father's Day. God bless you. You're dismissed. Salvation is here and it is